What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Mike Hernition. I am joined, as always, by my co-host and colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin Jackson. And we're joined by a special guest. He also writes at Blue Chip Scouting. It's Jared Feinberg. Jared, how you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, this is the second time we've been trying to do this. It froze the first time, and I was saying to uh, the guys the first time around that I just spent the day watching uh, um, uh, Tiger King, and I have some thoughts. And of course, when you spend a day watching a guy play with, you know, play with full-grown tigers, you then got to come and record a podcast with a dude to come talk about the Carolina Panthers, right? That's just how that works. <laughs> Hey, man, you know, I've heard crazy stuff about Tiger King and, you know, seeing what Jordan Reed and others have been <laughs> saying about it. Like, I don't know if I want to watch this, but I I might get bored enough to just go ahead and watch it. Oh, like, dude, you know. trust me, you are in for a treat. It is equal parts absolutely hysterical, equal parts batshit crazy. Like, and I'm all for that. Like... <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do with your time, Jared? Like, I know, I know, watch more prospects, but we're all out here looking like Ben Roethlisberger from that one pick that was taken, like, two weeks ago. Like, my barber is sending me text messages to find out how I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm worried about my haircut, too, you know? Like, (laughs) this thing is growing now. It's supposed to get, like, last week was supposed to win out, was supposed to be when I got my, uh, recent haircut or what was supposed to be my recent haircuts now i'm probably gonna have to wait until at least may so i don't know how that's gonna go but uh, priorities man priorities keeping myself entertained um i don't know if you saw my instagram um go follow me jared mf underscore 16 little plug there um (laughs) i end up uh decided to do a new trend i'm going to watch one college football or nfl game each day for the next several weeks just to keep myself entertained keep myself like distracted from all the chaos going on around the world so that's a good plan man i mean i i still got classes going on so i mean i'm trying to focus a little bit on that like same here but you know my classes are a little bit spread out so it's a little bit more manageable for me to deal with assignments and uh, tests and all that uh and none of my classes are virtual, which, like, face, like, Zoom or Skype or anything like that, which is pretty odd. But <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, I mean, Jerry, we kind of went over this before we went live. So, I mean, we talked about some of the um, the needs on what was, I guess, the lost uh, recording of this. You had mentioned the you know defensive line and uh the cornerback position what the secondary basically since carolina's turned over a lot of their roster they just need picks which would lead many to believe that they're going to be trading down come draft day um but i didn't in mind just because you can't collect future assets on the draft network's uh trade machine shout out to the draft network they do great stuff um so, I mean, I'm pretty sure Devin and I probably went in very different directions on this one. Um, but what do you want from the Panthers come April? Well, I've been very open about this on Twitter. Um, I do want them to trade back. And looking at different trade candidates, I've been looking at teams in the teens. Um, 
Could the Browns end up trading up for an offensive tackle? Could the Raiders, if Justin Herbert were to fall, could the Raiders trade their first, their two first-round picks for Justin Herbert? Could Denver end up trading up for a offensive tackle or a wide receiver? Could San Francisco even try and trade up with their two first-round picks? Could I mean there are a bunch of teams in the teams that have a need that they could trade up for giving up assets to give to Carolina. But then you also should look at the 20s. I saw Joe Marino's mock draft earlier today, and he had the Panthers trading back all the way with New England and having New England trade up for a quarterback. So, you know, plenty of teams in the 20s, um, I don't think Carolina would full-blown just trade back into the second round and just acquire a ton of day two and day three picks. I think they're just going to acquire as many picks as possible, which overall they might not even trade back at all if they can't find a they can't find a good candidate to trade back with. Um, but you know what they will do. They, I'm sure they want future assets. They, If they want to be in the Trevor Lawrence race, they have to acquire future assets. So I think trading back should be the number one option. And if they can't find a trade partner, then just expect them to sit. But they could trade back some in day two. That's what I expect. All right, so I'm going to get things started. Uh, the way the board fell for me in round one um, – it would be fantastic for Panthers fans around the world. Uh, you know, Burrow went one, Chase Young went two, and then the game changer was at three because everyone thinks that it's going to be Okuda, and it wasn't. It was Derek Brown. And then the rest of the draft stayed the exact same way that everyone would expect it, which meant that Jeff Okuda was available at pick number seven. You know, Okuda, here's the thing best cornerback in the draft he looks like an all-pro man like when you watch his tape yeah there could be like a little tweak that you you see on tape like oh that can be easily corrected at the next level really easily like you get him in an nfl db room with a db coach in the nfl that that area of concern will be fixed with Akuda, but there's really nothing wrong with this game at all. Incredible ball skills, incredible hips, um, incredible footwork, uh, coverage skills are off the charts. Um, this is this dude is the real deal. If Akuda was available at seven for Carolina, there's no question he should be the pick. No question. I don't think they need to trade back. You get Akuda right there. In the second round, you trade back in that scenario. Draft Akuda at seven, if available, trade back in day two. That's how I'd do it. So that's a good pick on your part. I'd love to hear Devin's pick for Carolina at seven. Hey, what's up, world? Uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but I did not get Jeff Akuda. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I've already lost the first round. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was able to fill a need that Carolina does need, which is on the inside defensive line. Uh, and I was able to get Javon Kinlaw. Um, Derek Brown was mysteriously taken in the top five. And I'm not sure how that happened, but that's just the way how this draft fell. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Ken Law is the right, he's right behind Derrick Brown uh, in terms of inside defensive linemen. Uh, definitely dominant at South Carolina. I think definitely someone that I could see fitting in the Panthers scheme and making an immediate impact uh, on, on the Panthers defensive line. So that's who I was able to end up with uh, in round one. I actually don't disagree at all with your pick there. I think that that would be a pretty good pick in my opinion, um, no matter how you're looking at it. I've I said uh, a couple of days ago that I've started to like Javon Kenlaw more than Derek Brown because he looks like he could be a better pass rusher than Derek Brown, better more production as a pass rusher, and he is so violent up front. Like it is. He is nasty. You get Chris Jones vibes with him. Like he has that type of potential. There's some processing issues going on with Ken Law with his game. And also you got medical question marks. But um, from what I understand, I think those medicals were pretty good from the combine. Uh, Javon Ken Law, if drafted at seven, I don't think it's really a reach, nor I think is like like that's a no-brainer pick. I think that's a good pick to have because Ken Law, if he can fix his processing issues and if his medicals check out, I guarantee you by year two, he would probably be one of the best young interior defensive linemen in the game. Um, and probably within the next three to four years, he could be on Chris Jones' level. Like he has that type of talent. But of course, medicals and also... Um, Mental processing, um, that's going to be a little bit of a struggle um, early on. But I think Javon Kenlaw can make an impact for the Panthers as they're going to be developing players throughout the season. All right, yeah. I mean, there's really no losing in that pick except, you know, when Devin makes it and it's not Jeff Okuda. Um, I came back around and I had the same mindset when it came to um, round two, you know. Generally, going into that, I was thinking Derek Brown or Ken Law at seven, maybe Isaiah Simmons if he was there, but he wasn't. And at 38, you know, the run on D tackles has already gone by then. You've seen Neville Gallimore go off the board. You've seen, obviously, Ken Law and Derek Brown. And you mentioned that you wanted someone that can rush the, rush the passer, uh, you know, in different spots on the defensive line, which is why you're shying away a bit from Derek Brown. I went with just pure, unadulterated pass rush, uh, plays like his hair is on fire, um, raw as sushi, green as turtle crap, whatever you want to use, but has so much <laughs> upside. I went with Ross Blacklock, the defensive tackle out of TCU, okay. because I couldn't really believe he was still going to be there for me. Yeah, um, I've actually talked to Joe Marino about Ross Blacklock. He's a big fan of his game. Um, and when I popped on his tape, I was a pretty big fan of his tape too, you know. Um, Blacklock, he, in a way, he's kind of underrated. Um, not a lot of people are talking about him, but he, he's so good at penetrating gaps. Um, he's versatile along the defensive line, like you said. Um, he's very, his hip movement, his flexibility, very smooth, very, he can, he's pretty bendy for a defensive tackle. Um, he can change direction well. Um, and of course, hot motor. Um, he's a pretty solid athlete. Um, there might be question marks about, um, his weight when he weighed around like 290 at the combine. Some people are like, Ooh, that, that, that's pretty light for Ross Blacklock. But, you know, 
when you watch Blackhawk on tape, he's so nimble on his feet, right on his feet. Um, there's nothing really wrong with his game. Um, he has the upside to be a uh, pretty good defender at the next level. At the next level, um, I think he, I think he could improve a little bit with his hands. Um, like sometimes a little bit of a processing thing, just like Ken Law. But you know, if Blackhawk hits, he's going to do just fine in Carolina. I think Blacklock is the type of guy that Matt Rule run, Matt Rule wants. Um, and Rule stated um, in his press conference at the combine, he wants positionless like players. So Blacklock is almost like a positionless player. He can he can play all over the defensive line if he needs to. He can. Rush off, rush off the edge um, at a five tech. Can play three tech. Play zero tech. Played a pretty good amount of zero tech um, at TCU. But Blacklock is a very cool, fun prospect to watch. Um, one of the more underrated prospects in the draft, and him at thir- getting him at thirty eight would be terrific. All right, Devin, where did you go with pick thirty eight? So, uh, I decided to go a little different today. Um, I know that my secret weapon is Josh Uche, but the 38 was a little bit too high for me to pick him. Um, I wanted to go a little bit secondary help. And in in terms of the DB position, like cornerback position, there really wasn't anyone of value to take at that 38 spot. Uh, So, I decided to go safety. And why not go with one of the, the... better safeties in this draft than Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, God damn it. (laughs) You know, he is so versatile. I think he can fit in a lot of different areas for the Panthers. Um, And and I know they re-signed Trey Boston, um, and they have TJ Green also back there at safety. But I think that Winfield can immediately come in and help the secondary that I think is kind of – struggle in the, the, the safety position. I know they had um, Eric Reed back there, but I think that Winfield, his coverage skills, he can come in the box, you know, tackle, tackle out in space, you know, especially in NFC South. They have so many weapons. You got the Julio Jones of the world, Michael Thomas, uh, you know, down in, in Tampa Bay, they got Tom Brady along with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, and the weapons there, I think that they're going to need someone that can cover really well in the back end. And at that spot, you know, in that time of the draft, like I said, I don't want to reach on the corner. You know, all the top corners are already gone. So I felt like Antoine Winfield Jr. was a solid pick to make at 38. I I understand the Winfield pick. Um, can I ask you something? Was yeah. Noah Igibani available at 38? 38, um, let's see, take a look real quick, uh, I think he was, yeah, yeah, I love Winfield, I think he's a terrific prospect, he's, his ball skills are fun, his range is fun, he's got a hot motor, um, and if he was the best player available at 38, of course I would take Winfield, but I think... Where I'm at with Winfield, I think here's the thing: Panthers have trade Boston back, and also they signed they cut Eric Reed, but they signed Justin Burris, who made a pretty decent impact for Cleveland last year. Um, I 
from 1A here. I think he's probably going to be the starter next year. They're going to develop him over the season. I think he's the type of guy that Rule wants to develop on the back end. Um, he's shown potential in Cleveland um, and man cover skills um, and in uh, the deep thirds downfield. Um, I would have gone with Noah Igabani there mm-hmm. because he is – for a team that's rebuilding and wanting to develop players, Igibani, um, who's still learning the position, only his second year playing corner. You draft him with his explosiveness and with his raw talent, you develop him over the next year or so, Igibani could be a legit starter for Carolina and a pretty good one at that. Um, I love Igabani's closing speed. Um, as I said, he's pretty explosive. Um, he comes downhill in a hurry, um, plays well against the run, shows good effort. Um, he has some troubles coming to balance as a tackler, but you know that can be corrected at the next level, hopefully. Um, but you know, I'd rather take someone that I think Rule would be wanting to develop over the course of the next year or so than taking someone that would make an impact early on, like Antoine Winfield, like and. There's nothing wrong with the Winfield pick. My it's just my preference, and from what I've seen from Iggy Bonner, from my recent film study of his, I would rather take Iggy Bonny at 38 than Antoine Winfield. All right, now when I came back around in round three at uh, pick 69, a very nice pick. Um, I, well, we'll we'll figure out if that's a very nice pick in a minute. Uh, there's rumors. You know, just some rumblings I've seen on Twitter, especially when it comes to the wide receiver position in Carolina. Obviously, Robbie Anderson was brought in, the connection that he's got with Matt Rule. It was kind of a foregone conclusion that that was likely going to happen. DJ Moore has been phenomenal in his time in Carolina. But where does that really leave Curtis Samuel, who was drafted in 2017, second-round pick? He kind of still hasn't put it all together Maybe with the new coaching staff, it'll come together. Maybe he'll get traded. I went with the latter just in case he gets traded. Maybe a replacement, someone waiting in the wings while they find a deal. And again, another player that really had no business still being on the board in the, at the top of round three. Um, I took Brandon Ayuk out of uh, Arizona State. Someone that a lot of people think can go really anywhere between about 25 and 45. And... Well, I got him at almost 70, so I just kind of had to take best player available in that case. Yeah, and I understand where your point is. Um, Brandon Ayuk, he's a explosive wide receiver. Um, I, I'll i be honest here, I haven't really dug into his tape yet, but from what I've seen from pre- preliminary views, um, Ayuk is one explosive player and someone that I really would like on my team if Curtis Samuel was traded. But... From your statement about Curtis Samuel, there's nothing wrong about that. I, I agree that um, he hasn't really shown much, but if you watch the tape from last year, he was getting open a lot downfield. Kyle Allen is a horrible quarterback. Horrible. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. It gives me PTSD. Well, so yeah, my mind's... Samuel... Samuel is he's a good route runner he's developed tremendously well in that area um, 
He's just a ball player. He's a great ball player overall. I think with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, who's actually actually a better quarterback than Kyle Allen, um, and can hit guys in stride and hit guys with touch and accuracy, I think if you give Samuel just a just an average quarterback that can that can hit guys in stride when they need to. Samuel can be one of the best deep threats in the league. He has that potential. Will he reach that potential with Carolina? That's the question. Because now they've signed Robbie Anderson, who is a proven receiver, who's a pretty good deep threat downfield, um, and has turned Carolina's receiving core into a pretty pretty darn good-looking receiving core. Um so, you know, there's a lot of question marks surrounding Curtis Samuel, whether he's going to get traded or whether or not he's going to be a part of this rebuild. You know, he's going to be in a contract year. A lot of unknowns there. So I, I understand uh, Brandon Ayuk pick, and I would love to have Ayuk on my team if Samuel was traded. Oh, go ahead, Devin. Well, uh, for my pick, since I didn't address the cornerback need, uh, at that uh, 38 spot, I decided to address it uh, at the pick 69. Uh, I decided to go with uh, someone that uh, I think could be a really good player. Um, you know, his medicals are kind of up in the air coming off an injury. Uh, and I went with Bryce Hall from Virginia. Um, and, you know, that kind of that pick was – I knew that I had to address the cornerback need at some point. Um, and since I didn't go with – a cornerback in that second round pick, I decided to go with him. Uh, someone that, you know, has proven that he, he's a pretty good corner. Um, just, you know, you're just unsure if he's going to be able to be the same player he was pre-injury. So that's kind of the only concern for me uh, with picking him. But I felt like at that position, uh, you know, it's worth taking a chance on him. I like the approach you went there, and I'll go ahead and say this. Bryce Hall in the third round at pick 69, steal. Absolute steal. The, the dude is such a good corner. The injury concerns, I completely understand. But when you watch his tape pre-injury and from his 2018 tape, holy cow, this dude's probably one of the better corners in this draft. Um, great size, um, pretty good athlete, um, good ball skills overall. Um, play has some good click and close ability, um, a high motor, and that motor shows on tape. If you go back and watch the Miami game from two seasons ago, he chased down Travis Homer from behind with ease. Um, and you know, Hall is Hall is one of those guys where I think he's one of those project guys, like the first year, like he. He needs work in man, like footwork's a little inconsistent in that area. Um, transitions could be a little bit better, um, but Hall, I think I saw Joe uh, Joe Marino. He comped um, Price Hall to James Bradbury, which I I actually really like that uh, comparison. Um, both both guys are good in zone. They have good size. They can play well against the team's best receiver if needed. Um, 
Bradbury was a little bit of a project coming out um, of Sanford and Hall in a way, while he is as talented as he is, he has um, pretty noticeable flaws on tape that could improve with NFL coaching during his first year in the league. And by year two, he can be a pretty good starter for the Panthers. Um, more like he could turn into James Bradbury, but better. I think that uh, what we've taken away from this is that really Devin and I have really kind of hit the needs of this, uh, you know, of this Panthers team. And it's really not hard to do because there are a lot, but especially in round three, both of us coming, both of us coming away with some pretty damn, you know, you know, damn good steals. I mean, if, if, um, if Bryce Hall is healthy, he's probably gone in the top 40 picks if he doesn't, you know, have that horrible injury. Brandon Ayuk, Jim Nagy down in the Super Bowl said that he was a first round player. And said that several NFL teams had him rated higher than Nikhil Harry, who went in round one last year. So getting him at you know in the third round is insane. Now I came back around, pick one thirteen, and I mean, I, someone explained the Trey Turner to, uh, trade to me like I'm five because I still don't get it. It's created a massive, massive gap in that in the middle of the offensive line that needed addressing and I went and I got my favorite ass kicking uh, guard to fill that hole and went with Ben Bredesen guard from Michigan he will run you over in a phone booth and then he'll pick you up and he'll throw you as well uh yeah man like here's the thing um the trade turner trade I I've actually had an time to think about it. I've had a lot of time to think about it, of course. I think they... The team wanted to move on from the current culture they had. Um, Turner was a part of that culture. Um, and Ron Rivera's culture. Um, so, they wanted to bring someone in that could... That is a terrific football mind who's very good off the field. Um, and when healthy, he's a pretty sound... Um, offensive tackle so they basically did a player swap for sending Turner to um, Los Angeles I about said San Diego that is not correct um, Turner to Los Angeles to upgrade that offensive line um, bring in a coon to help develop Greg Little and um, Dennis Daly at offensive tackle um, those two guys showed flashes uh, when they were healthy um, I think Daly's more of a swing tackle right now, but I think Little can develop. Um, I think by year three, uh, Little can be uh, the starting left tackle for years to come for Carolina. Like he showed good flashes last year, um, but I think bringing a coon, a mind like him, can help cook, can help develop Little. Now, um, I apologize ahead of time, but uh, I did not. For some reason, I did not hear the pick for um, fourth round pick. Could you oh, repeat it for me? One yeah, so um, yeah. Uh, the depth chart I was looking at actually has Dennis Daly as the right guard. And so I needed a whole, someone to fill in a spot left, obviously, by Trey Turner. Ben Bredesen from uh, Michigan. He just he did so well down in Mobile. I, I love Bredson. Um, I think he could be a starter of the NFL plug and play. Um, I liked him when uh, when the Senior Bowl was happening. Um, he showed um, he showed a lot of good talent. I have yet to really dive into 
to his tape really but from what i've seen pre uh, preliminary um like from the senior bowl and from live viewings um he he definitely looks like um he looks like the type to be a plug and play starter um at the next level so um Bredson, whenever i do a panthers mock draft Bredson is one of those guys that I try to target in um, early day three, or yeah, early day three of uh, the mock draft. So, um, Bredson is a good pick there, and uh, I think he can be the plug and play starter at uh, right tackle. Day one starter in round four. Top that, Devin. Oh man, I was I had the same mindset. I wanted to see if I can grab Bredson because uh, around that that little area was where I was hoping I would get him, but I didn't get him. Uh, but it, I decided to go another route. I went another defensive player, um, and I went the linebacker position, and I got uh, Akeem Davis Gaither from Appalachian State. Um, yes. Just just that his, his film against South Carolina is phenomenal. Uh, explosive linebacker. Uh, I think someone that can fit in immediately with the Panthers. I know he lost Luke Keekley. Uh, he still got Shaq Thompson. Uh, he still got uh, got Brian Burns, an outside linebacker. Uh, I think that he can fit in real well with this Panthers defense. Uh, linebacker position is something that's been kind of a staple for the Panthers. Had Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley for, for a long while. I think they want to get someone that can fill in, uh, play sideline to sideline, uh, someone that comes downhill, and I think that he, he definitely fills that spot. I'll go ahead and say it like um, like Devin did with Bryce Hall. Steal. Steal it in the fourth round, baby. Akeem Davis Gather is one of my guys. I'm probably going to have him as a top four linebacker in this draft and probably with a pretty good day two grade. Um, I love Davis in coverage. Um, he's so good. So good. He has some good pursuit angles, in my opinion. Um could he could be better in terms of like filling out his frame like if he fills out his frame i think people will be like oh this dude could be a legit second round pick and i'm gonna be honest with you i think dave um i think davis gaylor he can be one of those surprise picks in round two um come the draft in a few weeks um davis would be a um pretty good upgrade with um, for what the Panthers have right now. Um, they have Tahari uh, Whitehead. Um, they have a couple guys that they're still developing in um, Jermaine Carter and uh, Audrey Smith. But um, I love Akeem Davis together in the fourth round. Like, that's another guy I try to target when I'm, whenever I'm doing mock traps. Like, Akeem Davis together um, with some developing, I think he could be probably – I think his ceiling could be Tuffin Smith. I don't know if that's a hot take, but man, I I love Akeem Davis Gathers tape, um, and I'm probably going to repeat that so many times because you know this dude, he's talented um, with the NFL coaching and getting in an NFL weight room. I think this dude could be something really, really good. Yeah. Devin, I'm, I'm jealous because uh, Davis Gaither was gone, I believe, in the 80s when I did my draft. So uh, I didn't stand a chance in hell of getting him. 
Uh, but I came back around. Uh, the Panthers have two uh, round five picks in very short order. So I'll just I'll list both of them off again. Kind of had the same mindset that Devin did in round two with uh, Antoine Whitfield Jr. Kind of getting someone that can play a little bit of of, uh, of safety, a little bit in the nickel. Again, this Panthers team needs just about everything. And I was sitting there, and at 148, Julian Blackman, the defensive back, former corner turned safety at Utah. So again, fills both of those. Uh, of those uh, positions kind of in one go is available. Had to take him four picks later, had the idea again, need a linebacker. I'd already sat back a little bit too far and I had seen Davis Gaither, uh, my guy, Joe Batchy, um, you know, like all of the, you know, Willie Gay all long gone by then. And in round five, it is kind of hard to find uh, like an impact linebacker right away. Uh, but I went with a guy that's kind of not talked about a lot. Uh, he had a lot of hype going into him in like the freshman and sophomore seasons, but his, his junior and senior tape, he kind of, he cooled off and it was just because he was so good in those first two years and he just kind of stayed the same in the latter half of his career. What was Shaq Quarterman out of Miami? Um, you know, you have the Panthers transitioning to a base 3-4 defense to hear Whitehead on a, you know, kind of short-term deal. Like you said, uh, uh, Jared, they've got, you know, Andre Smith and uh, Christian Miller, Jermaine Carter, kind of those developmental guys. You can really kind of let, uh, like, let them loose. And there's a little bit more ready-to-go impact with Shaq Quarterman because he just, he, he flies to the ball. And he has ever since he stepped foot on campus. But he just really didn't progress much throughout his year. But he's just yeah. been solid his entire career. And having two shacks in the center of your defense is always pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian Blackman, um, first off, uh, he's one of those positionless players that Matt Rule talked about in his press conference at the Combine. Um, I really like that pick. Um, you get um, a developmental safe, safety and also a potential starting nickel for what Carolina's defense overall is looking like he'll probably he could probably be the starter um at nickel um and maybe compete with uh justin burris um at strong safety or free safety whichever position burris is going to be playing um burris of course one of those positionless players um and then the pick with shaquille quarterman um you know that's another project guy a depth guy um when i watched this tape um back in the summer i wasn't the biggest fan um, and when I was watching his games pre- uh, preliminary, um, when I was watching the Miami-Florida game and um, Miami-Virginia, um, even some of the later portion games, I I wasn't that big a big fan of his. You know, like you said, he was pretty good his first two years, and then last couple seasons, he's just been solid. Um, I think he's one. To me, on tape, he looks stiff, but he comes down um, to the football fast and hard. Um, he's one. Of the, he's one of your old school linebackers that just comes down there. He's a thumper, um, and so getting a guy like Quarterman who could provide depth and maybe even be in the rotation with guys like Jermaine Carter and Andre Smith, those two developmental guys. Um, I think that go pretty well honestly um you know this this, uh, this upcoming season is all going to be about 
developing players um, on this roster and maybe um, maybe contributing in 2021 um, for the long run. All right, Devin, now you get to talk about who you got in round five. It's really hard to find impact guys. So you're tr- trying to fill out the roster, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, so I, I know I've been pretty much defensive heavy uh, the first four rounds. Uh, decided to go with a couple of offensive guys. Um, and, and not necessarily, I'm not expecting these guys to come in and then make a media impact. Um, but, you know, something that kind of fill out more depth as you were talking about. You know, you're kind of preliminary, uh, same with the Panthers need. Uh, so I kind of want two guys that, uh, you know, kind of different. But first, I went with a receiver, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden um, out of Liberty. Someone that, I, like I said, I don't expect him to be a starter or anything like that right off the bat. And I know that the Panthers have, you know, the likes uh, like DJ Moore. Uh, you, you got Ro- uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, you still got Curtis Samuel, Farrell Cooper, uh, but I feel like Gandy Golden uh, can work out of the slot. Doesn't not going to be someone that demands you know a lot of attention from outside corners, but I think someone that can fit in, you know, with Joe Brady's type of offense. We saw what he did at LSU, uh, air the ball out a lot. I don't know if they're going to do that necessarily in Carolina, but having more bodies, more capable bodies, I think will will help. Kind of, kind of in that scheme, uh, and then my next pick, I uh, went with uh, Josiah Dugara from uh, Cincinnati tight end. Uh, know you lost Greg Olson, uh, got Ian Thomas on the roster, uh, a few other tight ends. Um, not exactly the the guy that's going to jump off the page with his athleticism or anything like that, but tough, solid tight end, uh, has the ability to run block. Uh, someone that I think will be useful, especially if the you know Panthers you know, want to establish the running game. I think that having him on the field potentially, uh, not necessarily this year, but going forward can help. So I think that he can be someone down the line that could potentially be, you know, a contributor to the Panthers offense. But I felt like getting some bodies at those skill positions, uh, especially with Joe Brady's offense and how, uh, you know, dynamic it was at LSU. Not sure. Again, like I said, not sure how he's going to implement it in Carolina. But I think that having those bodies can, can be helpful. Yeah. yeah. Um, Antonio Gandy-Golden, um, one of my buddies actually plays for Liberty, um, um, is defensive over there. Um, I like Gandy, um, Gandy-Golden's game. But um, I think the fifth round, in my opinion, it's a little bit of a reach um, from what I've seen. Um Jump off specialist. Um, he can. He is a big physical receiver um, that the Panthers could use um, for depth. Um, but you know, I think um, AGG is. Uh, he's a guy that, um, of course, I think he's just going to be a depth player throughout his career. I don't think he's going to be anything special. Um, I wasn't really impressed with his tape. Um, but you know, he had some moments where he was, I was like, wow, how did he catch that thing? Um, he has great ball skills. Um, he did disappoint a little bit at, um, um, at Mobile, um, which, which was upsetting because I was hoping that Gandy Golden would be one of the risers from, um, the receiver group there. Um, but you know, um, when you consider 
the Panthers receiving room. Um, they've added a tons of, a ton of depth, but they haven't really gotten that big bodied wide receiver. Um, and maybe they don't need that time. Maybe they do, but I think AGG would be a great depth guy. Um, also the tight end you selected, um, I keep, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Um, how do you say it? Uh, it's a Deguri. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah. Decide Deguara? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, Decide Deguara. Um, like Devin said, good good blocker up front. Um, and for a guy like Ian Thomas, who um, I like him as a receiver, but he's still developing as a run blocker. And they also brought in Seth Duvall, who could, who's also a really good uh, uh, blocker in the run game. Um, I think bring in another guy for depth um, instead of just having Chris Manhurts back there. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Manhurts. I really wish he wasn't on the roster last year. Um, didn't do the team much favors. Actually, not a lot of guys did the team favors. Um, but I think bringing in another tight end um, like Deguara um, to bring in SF to be that number three tight end um, behind Duvall and Thomas. Um, I think the Panthers um, would enjoy that, but probably DeGuara would be just a depth guy because with Joe Brady's offense, you're only using one tight end for 90% of the game. Two tight ends, maybe 10% of the game, and maybe in goal line you're going uh, three tight ends. But um, I'm fine with the pick. I'm fine with the AGG pick even though I think it's a little bit of a reach, and I also don't mind the Deguara pick. All right, so I came back around. The Panthers have two more picks left, one in round six, and we've seen this trend in recent years of teams just kind of at the end of the draft taking one of those last two rounds, kind of throwing the dart at whatever the best running back available is, and I can see this actually happening for Carolina for one reason, because... Yes, you have Christian McCaffrey, but I'm just going to read off the guys that are behind him on this depth chart I'm looking at. Reggie Bonifin, who was a quarterback in college turned running back. Um, didn't really, I don't even remember watching him in college uh, as a running back. Uh, Jordan Scarlett, who was a fifth round dart throw last year. Mike Davis, who has been on, I believe, six or seven teams at this point. And whatever a Marcus Murphy is. Uh, there's nothing there of any sort of note, and Christian McCaffrey cannot get pummeled with touches like he has really his entire career so far. You need to get another person in there that can kind of take some of the you know some of the the wear and tear off the tires. And if and when Carolina decides to move on from McCaffrey, maybe you have someone there for the future. And sitting there at pick 184, someone I kind of expected to go about a round or two earlier was Keyshawn Vaughn, the running back out of Vanderbilt. Uh, I've been high on Vaughn, or at least, you know, quasi-high on Vaughn for about a year now, ever since he just tore up, uh, well, Matt Rule's Baylor Bears in that bowl game a couple years, you know, uh, a year or so back. Um, I can really see Rule falling in love with the ways he, you can use Keyshawn. Yeah, um, I think in a way that's almost like a Matt Rule connection. You know, you see all these Matt Rule connections and um, with the guys that the Panthers have signed. 
um, like Whitehead, Anderson, um, Roberts, uh, uh, B.J. Walker, um, all those guys are Matt Rule connection type or guys that have played for Matt Rule. Um, you know, um, oh gosh, I went blank on the pick. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. My bad. Um, so good. When when I saw Vaughn play um, live um, in 2018 and pre um, and for my summer scouting. Um, I like this vision a lot. Um, very patient runner. Um, he can turn on the Jets when he wants to. Um, I think he could definitely be one of those late round backs that could turn into start into a starting running back in a year or two. Um, that's if Christian McCaffrey is gone, though, because you know there's so many question marks. Like after releasing Cam Newton. Everyone was like, well, you might as well get rid of Christian McCaffrey. Like, trade him somewhere else. Get him out of Carolina with them rebuilding. Or you just let him play next season and you just let him walk in free agency. But um, I think getting um, Keyshawn Vaughn would be um, a great pick because I think he's already better than what they have in the backfield, you know. I mean, Mike Davis, he's a pretty quality back i think um he i liked what I, i've seen when i've seen him play um but of course he's been all over the place and he's probably going to be on another team next year um assuming he probably gets cut in training camp or even in the middle of the offseason um but you know if you get Vaughn, you get a guy that can um kind of clear some of mccaffrey's touches by a pretty decent percentage but not a big portion because McCaffrey's going to be a big part of Joe Brady's offense. So overall, I do like that six-round pick in Keyshawn Vaughn. Mike, how did you even get (laughs) – how did you even fall to you like that? That's that's crazy, man. It's crazy. I willed it into existence a la LeVar Ball. Uh, anyway, for my <laughs> for my sixth round pick, uh, I decided to go with someone. Uh, it's gonna be more of a project, but someone that I I really liked, you know, at the be- very beginning of college football season. Someone that stood out to me, um, you know, as an edge defender. But injuries took over, and you know, he didn't really finish as strong as I would have liked him to finish. Uh, but this is uh, edge player uh, Oluwalu. Uh, Patico Jr. from Illinois. Um, very explosive first step. Um, you know, one of the fastest first steps I've seen in, in quite some time. Uh, the USC transfer uh, finally got to get some consistent playing time with Illinois this year. Like I said, he battled some injuries, uh, had an ankle injury that kept him out for a few weeks, and he just really never came back the same. Uh, very raw. Um, someone that, you know, is going to need development, uh, you know, Football IQ still needs to get there, but I think someone that, you know, down the line could, could be a, a potential um, contributor for, for the Panthers defense. So I decided to go with him, um, more of a project type guy, but that's that's what I, I came around with. I'm going to be honest with you, never heard of that player before today. <laughs> um, so that's a new player I need to watch uh, here the next few days. Um, uh, so if, if you haven't watched but, him, um, 
I mean, Devin and I had to I'm cover the Big Ten. Word on it. I'm going to yeah, he he's good. It. He and he it, was it, up there with Chase fine. Young for sacks. Oh. Okay. Oh yeah. Definitely he he got it. like 13 uh, this year or something. So yeah, I'm gonna watch him after tonight. <laughs> I get some homework done. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna trust Devin Ward on it. Um, project guy, developmental guy, um, someone that can that rule can develop over the course of the season and over the course of next season and maybe he could be a rotational um, good develop good um, a potential starter maybe but of course I haven't even watched the save I didn't even know who he was until today um, so I'm going to trust Devin's word on it um, so you know draft draft analysts they they can't keep up with everyone you know I mean if I get trashed for it I get trashed for it I mean I don't care <laughs> Hey man, it, it it happens. It happens. He's not listed on a couple. Of, I don't even think he's listed on the Draft Network site. And they did an article on him during the year. Um, he was a real wild card to, as to whether or not he was gonna, uh, you know, declare for the draft. But yeah, he's, yeah. you're getting a real solid player. Uh, like Devin said, developmental. But I mean, he's got all the traits there, so that's actually a really good pick. I came around with the last pick, uh, round seven, pick two twenty one, and. I was looking, and by this point I realized that uh, the move to a 3-4 defense, I've completely neglected the edge position, and unfortunately, by the time I got there at 221, there was, like, absolutely nothing left, like, at all. So, I figured I would just end it by getting one of my guys, uh, someone that probably shouldn't have still been there come... um, <laughs> you know, come 221. He's gotten a lot of hype since the you know, since the combine. It's another wide receiver because, well, why not? You can never really have too many good receiving options. Um, I went with Isaiah Coulter out of Rhode Island. Uh, he blew up the combine because, well, he ran fast. He was a uh, FCS guy that declared early. And, um, yeah, he has really good tape. I have him ranked higher than Tyler Johnson. So, Ooh. Okay, um, I I've seen bits and pieces of Coulter's tape. Um, like you said, um, I really like it. Um, I really liked what I saw, of course, but you know I haven't dived in, into his tape yet, um, and so I don't really have a solid opinion on him. But bringing in Coulter as a depth piece would be very nice um, in the back end of the seventh round. All right, Devin, bring us home. Who'd you finish their draft with? So uh, looking at a depth chart, you know, same thing you saw last round with the running backs. Uh, could use somebody to come in and really push for the second, third spot. You know, Christian McCaffrey, he has a lot of touches. You know, he um, he demands a lot of attention. And you got to be prepared if something does happen to him. Um, we saw kind of with the Saints this year, you know, Alvin Kamara looked banged up. And they're they have they're used similarly, you know, heavily in the passing and running game. So of course you got to watch to make sure that you know they're staying healthy and, and you know not being overutilized. Uh, so I want Joshua Kelly, running back out of UCLA. Um, you know, not someone that I expect to come in and immediately dominate right away or do anything like that. Uh, wasn't really that big a receiving option at UCLA either, uh, but. Uh, he, he definitely has some power behind his pads. Uh, elusiveness, not that great, but I think someone that can come in and compete, uh, that, of course, is going to work hard, I think, in um, 
you know, try to, like I said, try to push for a second, third spot and, uh, you know, really give some relief to Christian McCaffrey because I, I would hate to see him get overused, get overutilized. So I think that Kelly can come in, uh, seven round pick, you know, not exactly expected, doesn't not exactly expected to make the roster where all the running backs are already on the roster for the Panthers, but I think someone that can compete and, um, you know, really bring something different to, to the running, the, uh, running back room for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, the Panthers definitely need like a good power component, um, behind Christian McCaffrey because he was basically their everything of course last year. It was their power running back. He was their third down guy. He was their slot receiver a good amount of time, amount of the time. Like he was everything. So you got to decrease the touches a time, a solid amount for McCaffrey, but don't take away like a really big portion because he is such a crucial part of anyone's offense because of his versatility. But bringing in Josh Kel- uh, Joshua Kelly would be great because of his um, power. Um, and I actually liked what I saw at Mobile. Um, I could show, and like, like you said, he showed good power. Um, when I watched him live, when I'm, Watched a little bit of the Washington State UCLA game. Like I really liked what I saw. So bringing in Kelly would be um, would be nice. I think he'd be more of a depth guy. Maybe he might not make the roster um, because of how many backs are on the ro- are on the Panthers roster. Um, but you know, I'm I don't mind the pick. So good stuff, guys. Um, both of your mock drafts really good. Um, Maybe one or two reaches, but overall, guys, really, really enjoyed your mock drafts. All right, so um, not to put any pressure on you, but who won? Ooh. Uh, gosh. I want to say Dead Heat, but um, I think... Uh, Devin, he he got some of my guys. Um, I think getting Bryce Hall and Akeem Davis together in the third and fourth round was like bingo. You got two really good guys in uh, late day two, early day three. So I like Jackson's slightly better just because of the steals he got in day in the third and fourth round. Man, if I could even win one of these while we had a Jeff Okuda at seven, <laughs> god damn it! So I, I've lost, I've lost all three of these, and like I knew that I lost um, uh, the the Rams one like midway through. I knew that the Baltimore one. I thought I had a chance. I thought I had this shit in the bag. Jeff Okuda, Jeff Okuda, Brandon Ayuk, Ross Blacklock, Keyshawn Vaughn, like three rounds after most people would take him. Man, I got robbed. Man, look, I, I told you, man. I told you. You weren't ready. I told you earlier today. Amen. Amen. You get Ken Law. You get Winfield. You get Hall. You get Akeem Davis together. You got three. You got four guys that will probably start week one next year if they were drafted by Carolina. I think – I mean, Mike got some great guys that I really like. Some guys that um, I wouldn't mind taking. 
Um, Devin's just edged out just a tiny bit just because he hit the nail on the coffin with Bryce Hall and Akeem Davis together. Um, Mike, I love you, man. <laughs> but that one little bit, man. It, it's the Shaq Quarterman pick, isn't it? It's the Shaq Quarterman pick. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, man, no comment, no comment, no comment. I got it. I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. You said Jeff Okuda. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you got, like, Simmons. I thought you got somebody else. But you said Okuda. I'm like, how did he fall to seven? I was. And then, like, <laughs> when I picked Winfield and, like, uh, the Auburn quarterback was, cornerback was still on the board. After that pick, I was like, oh, my God. This not looking good. But I didn't hate the I didn't hate the Winfield pick. I didn't. I I really like Winfield. I, it's just like a preference for me. Like you can prefer Winfield there, or you can prefer a developing corner who's really talented and Iggy Bonnie. Um, but I mean, overall, like Devin Strath was pretty good. Mike's was good as well. But you know, getting those two guys in round three and four, nail on the coffin. I mean, Mike. Next time, buddy. Next time. Next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not always three in. You almost had it. I almost had it. If I had literally picked any other linebacker in round five, <laughs> was Logan I Wilson have... available? Uh, pardon? Was Logan Wilson available? No, gone in round three. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I think my best options, and I can't pull it up because it, it didn't save for me. But like my best options were, I want to say, um, like Davion Taylor was available. Uh, my guy Cam Brown, but he's like basically only the guy of like myself and Devin, and like David Woodward, and those were like the most notable linebackers that were available, other than Quarterman. <sighs> well, guys, you know. It just just feels good. Mike, valiant effort, had Okuda, you know, had me on the ropes a little bit. I just, I just third and fourth round came in clutch for me. Shout out to those guys, man. <laughs> you, you, managed to, you managed to do the impossible, Devin. I didn't think you could do it. You, you won a draft without picking Josh Uche. Hey, I might have a new secret weapon now. Might have a they- new... Yeah. I might have a new second. So <laughs> I hope you pick them before me. Because if they're day. available, day four? Day two, day, day two, two day three, round four? <laughs> and if it's neck and neck, I'm, I'm going to pull ahead, man. Uh, but we'll go ahead and wrap up this this episode, man. Another victory for Dev. Uh, Mike, you, you're still doing You're still my guy. No, no disrespect, man, but you just cannot be the GM I am. All right, <laughs> this is this is why we win championships here at BCS Scouting. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, go ahead and follow Jared on Twitter at Jrod Draft Scout. Uh, follow Mike, of course, on Twitter, uh, Mike H underscore Draft. Uh, follow me at Real D underscore Jackson. We'll have more for you next week. Um, Maybe or- later this week. Yeah, later this week, we might have another pod for you, uh, special guests that we're working on. Uh, but make sure to follow us on Twitter, uh, bluechipscouting.com. Make sure to check out all the articles on there. Our guy Dalton, uh, Jared, Mike, uh, all the gang. 
there at uh, Blue Chip Scouting. And we'll see you guys next week.